Welcome to Go Home Heat, an NXT podcast. I'm here with Justin. What up? Huge applause for Justin being here today. Thanks for calling in, brother. Yes, yes. Tell some jokes. Like your boy Uh, Moss. Madcap Moss, buddy. Madcap Moss. What an idiot. Okay, NXT 2.0 is officially toxic as Mandy, God's greatest gift, strolls to the ring. Gives us her opening pro- promo of being a champion in this company. Ob- obligatory, you deserve it chance. From four people. From all And then four. the only time I've ever heard the counter chant, no, you don't. <laughs> okay, then during this promo backstage, we cut to a Zoe Starks getting beaten up by Gigi and JCJ. Zoe seems to actually be legitimately hurt, so this makes sense. But in kayfabe world, it's a little strange because EO, rather than running to the aid of her tag team partner on brand, goes to the ring and challenges Mandy. Yeah. I don't really like her, but I like you less. So I'm going to justify this in my head. Okay. Right. Looks like we're going to get some Mandy and EO tries to beat up EO here for a little bit. Does fairly well for herself. EO, if she is moving up like I hope she is, has her work cut out for her to get the banger match that she is capable of out of Mandy. Oh. That's a, that's heavy lifting, right? Cause, yeah. Cause you're going to need to on your way out the door of this company that you, this brand that you have carried for a considerable I amount think of time. The person might be more right than the second one, but. Yeah, to to go out there and manage to get the quality of a match you need to have on your way out the door is going to be hard. Yes. They're asking a lot of you. (laughs) I mean, it's not Bobby Lashley ask of making, you know, Goldberg look good, but it's pretty high difficulty level. Yes. Now, then you did wind up, dude, Bobby Lashley did get a good match out of Goldberg, didn't he? That's a, that's a miracle. Man, you don't realize how good Bobby is. You know, low key, best match of Goldberg's career, or at least going back to like that Raven match, right? Uh, No, it's the Steven Regal match is always going to be my favorite match. Oh, or the Goldberg one where he knocks himself out. Yes, on the belt. (laughs) Okay, so we have, um, as they, as they're like walking away, patting each other on the back they run into dakota kai backstage who's twitching for some reason and i guess we're getting the vin diesel from her pitch black oh <laughs> did you get it yes oh yeah oh yeah so oh, wow. she's so dirty she's so dirty she's pitch black now she's mean skateboard girl core jade comes out go ahead justin she was such a good person before that's what I mean. That's why she has to be pitch black, right? Because she was like the dirtiest dealer they had in the company before this. Yeah. Which again, the, the, the match she had here with Cora Jade, which was, it was fine for what it was. It's a storytelling match of some kind and Jade winds up outside of the ring kind of unconscious and she puts the table on top of her and stands above it as if she's going to jump onto the table and then chooses not to and like lays this the skateboard on top of her and then walks away and I I think I get where we were going here but I got fooled because when when she climbed up 
to the ring apron, you thought, okay, more damage will be done. I think, you know how they'll put people's personal things in their grave with them when they bury them? Uh-huh. I think somehow this was supposed to be, because the gimmick was she was burying people or digging graves beforehand. You yeah. know, the little vignettes. I'm guessing laying the table over here was supposed to be some kind of symbolic form of a burial, and then you put the skateboard with her. And that is that. Do you think that's where we were going here, or? I think that's as close as you're going to get. Yeah, to making that make sense. Right when the, the reality of it was, when she put the table on her in front of a wrestling crowd, she should have known she was going to need to do a double stomp right there. Yes, which might yeah. kill that little skateboard girl. <laughs> Possibly, it just was. It was just uh, nothing against it. You know what I mean? It just was head scratcher. So I guess something against it. But we're going to move on because we have a running thread through the show of a poker room with our hero Cameron Grimes and Duke's poker room. As as the the ladies who were at the table would lose, he would he would send them away, which. Further infuriated Grimes. Eventually, though, Grimes gets to where he wins the whole thing. What did you think about well, this? Well, I saw that coming, Kevin. That's like a real poker game. You can be all the professional in the world, and you walk in there, and some dude's just got the dumb luck on you. You called me with twos. <laughs> he did a good. He did. I'm a. I, I love watching poker. I think it's applied psychology, mm-hmm. but I love watching poker, like especially like. He was doing his best, Bill Helmuth there, the poker brat. You know, somebody beats him with a with with a play, and he's like, "You're a donkey! You don't know what the hell you're doing. Why would you even do that? The only reason you won is your dumb luck." Yeah, it worked good. It worked good. Cameron Grimes is unstoppable. Yeah, he, you can't. He really doesn't do bad segments. You could put him in a bad segment, but he's so easily liked that it's it's hard to to dislike something he's involved with. That, it's like Ted Lasso. Kinda. Mm-hmm. From uh was it the show Ted Lasso? Now we, we they also another little vignette type thing or back or film segment, they they take advantage of MSK's former treehouse abilities <laughs> and they have them at a bus stop and again they he says, Tell me the story of MSK again and every couple of weeks he tells you the story while this time the bus pulls up and you can't hear what he's saying. This was fun and cute and what they wanted it to be, I felt like. They they even allude to the fact that they're about to go smoke weed as he says, we'll just walk there. And he says, cool, we have supplies. And he pats his fanny pack. Yes. This was fun, right? Yeah, it works for me, dude. I love these guys. I think they're hilarious. I think they're world-class in the ring. We will Hopefully they stay in NXT for a while. You don't think that they'll just go up to the tag team division and suddenly tag team wrestling will matter in WWE? Ah, no, no. Uh, uh. I was thinking they move up. Ali and Ricochet become a tag team. And we just go off and running with all these banger matches along with the Usos and the New Day and the Viking Raiders. And we just have this 10-12 team deep, Rude and Ziggler tag team division, Street Profits. And they just keep giving us four and a half star matches. And Meltzer switches over to WWE. Some of whatever they've been supplying you with. <laughs> Grizzled Young Vets goes up. Um, they put DIY back together. And we're just killing it. They, they Mondays is Raw. Fridays is SmackDown. And Saturday nights is Tag Team Wrestling live from your town. Yes. <laughs> 
<laughs> Give me a wrestling company, Justin. I can do I well. Got talent out there, man. You just need to actually, actually, there is a lot of free, very good talent right now walking the planet, and that is not a laughing matter. Zion Quinn, we're just going to stick with the the silly stuff that I don't think you hated, which is funny to me. Zion, I, I, this dude, I'm I am all in on Zion Quinn. Now, I mean, I saw him playing some kind of football, whether it was Australian Rules or rugby or whatever. I think he played rugby. Dude, I saw highlight packages of that dude smoking guys with he, him without he, the ball. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> those guys he are tough. Huh? He ain't afraid to tag somebody. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Those guys are tough, man. Okay, and he's built, you know. Uh, Zion- Dude, and move the gift y'all were showing mm. of him transitioning from screwing up the frog, uh, what do you call it, The when he was jumping over the guy and he turns it into a swing blade. That's Zack Ryder's move. What does he call that? Oh, the, the Rough Rider. Yeah. Yeah, he was he was doing that, but it didn't. I think he was supposed to be. Yeah, dude, it wound up being incredible. You know, and I don't know if he could duplicate that, but the 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 ability the to be to be that big and then change everything your your body's doing in midair and turning it into a wrestling move is pretty incredible. Yeah, but what was more incredible was Robert uh, Robert Stone's <laughs> brand, who you had all these cuts right. <laughs> And Robert Stone is still here, son. Uh, Dude, oh my God, he is such a clown. And, you know, he was a really good little wrestler in, like, Impact Days and all that. But he comes out and he challenges the dude. We think we're getting a match, but he wants to do, like, a sing-off and a dance-off. And he dances and it's not good. And then uh, Zion here. Go ahead. The black suit and everything, you're and you're like, nah, nah, nah. He's not going to do it. He's just going to smoke Robert Stone here. But the guy goes over, man. He goes out there and he throws on Sexy Boy and breaks it down, dude. Yes, yes. I, I give you credit when you're willing to do stuff like that, man. Absolutely. And then he does wind up putting a whooping on Stone. So we get kind of a yin and yang here. <laughs> Best of both worlds. And he showed off that he has personality. Right. For 20, 30 seconds, that dude was just being a goofball. And if it shows me that there's more to you than just, you know, you you have enough of that. I'm not afraid to make fun of myself. That means you'll probably sell well. That means you'll probably be a, you know, a giving worker. Just this little segment like that can tell you a lot about somebody. Completely agree, and we'll piggyback on that. As he walks away, Escobar's crew walks up. Escobar noticeably not not there. Electra is leading them, and go ahead. Queen of the South, baby. Absolutely, Queen of the South style. The TV show. My uh, Teresa, my wife is a huge fan of. She locks up Oz with Zion and is like, "Hey, maybe I could do something with that." And that <laughs> is interesting in its own right, you know, in multiple levels there. If Escobar were to get promoted, as we have heard these rumors of people leaving to go to the other brands, he's a little bit older than these other than these other guys. Sliding Electra as the leader and Zion in as the singles competitor in that group would be cool, right? Mm-hmm. 
works like works for me. And then we do wind up getting a match between Legato Del Fantasmo and O'Reilly and Wagner. Uh, Mendoza and Wild go over in what I thought was a pretty good match. I thought it was uh, Wagner still needs work. O'Reilly is still a great wrestler. It was fine. They say that O'Reilly's contract's almost up. Supposedly, O'Reilly and Gargano wrestled a dark match last night at SmackDown. So I don't know if that was uh, an audition for the SmackDown roster or if that was an audition for the AEW roster. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, that's my question. <laughs> I don't know at this point. I do know that both O'Reilly and Gargano are fantastic performers, and we will get to what happened with Gargano here in a minute. But did you did you like do you like the O'Reilly Von Wagner pairing? It, it seems like O'Reilly's just kind of there to teach Wagner the ropes. If that makes sense. Yeah, teach him where ropes are. That's important. <laughs> For him to know that, I mean, I really this is is that you know Kyle's got Hollywood aspirations, and he knows that Von Wagner has got some connections through his long lost brother Peter Dinklage. So <laughs> he's Kyle is trying to get in on that uh, Game of Thrones prequel show, is what I'm thinking. Great call, great call on that. Um, <laughs> Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams do a little segment backstage with Chase, right? And I love Chase at this point. They're like, they can't believe he's still alive. And he's like, of course I'm still alive. And because you guys had my back last week, don't you worry. I got your back. And they kind of walk <laughs> off thinking this is really weird. Uh, Mackenzie, who got engaged, I guess, to Vic Joseph. Congratulations. Congratulations, uh, Vic Joseph. Yeah. Uh, shoots. It scores. Um, <laughs> anyway, you have her asking Chase about people thinking that he's a coward because of whatever. And so he runs to the ring to prove that he is not a coward. Open challenge answered by Braun Breaker. Who? By Rick Steiner's son, Rex <laughs> Steiner. One of the great names in pro wrestling today, Rex Steiner. It's kind Do you of, know what his name is? Like full name? Uh uh-uh. uh. Bronson Reitsteiner. Oh. Isn't that badass? Yeah. How the hell? Why would you? Come on, dude. His real name is better than Braun Breaker. But Chase has a student section now, which is better. <laughs> For some reason. And he, he, really? he, yeah, they had a little student section with his little shirts on in the audience. They were fired up for him. He is a fool. He acted like a fool here. He does wrestle well when he wants to. He, I think he's talented, dude. I, I really like you. Do you like him? I do. I think there's a lot of upside to this guy. And we, this was booked well, I thought, because he got to continue his, I'm the fool and continue that part of it while also, Braun got to kind of get his mojo back after what happened with Tommaso. And then when he takes the mic after having pummeled Chase, he says, Hey, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to get that belt or I'm going to die trying at the end. I yep. thought all of this was well done. Nope. You? No excuses. Tommaso Ciampa set every trap in the book and I fell for every last one of them. I like that promo. I think it makes him sound like, you know, Hey, I recognize my weakness is experience. So I'm going to handle that, and then I'm going to handle you. 
What he sounded like was an athlete evaluating a performance. Yes. And not dumb, I'm going to fight harder next time. Yeah. It was actually, I fought hard enough. I just didn't fight smart enough. Yeah. Which is the scary thing when you see a guy that, that big and strong. Now, we did have some kind of weird big country guys talking about what real men are thing. Do you want to comment on that? Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> is, that, is that good? That's about it. I'm going to go with that. We yeah. had, we had a, a strange Fabian Marcel backstage thing where they do a weird American ladies are nice thing with Gigi and Jane. I thought that- watch a match. Go ahead. I actually kind of thought that was funny because it's like the first personality outside of like the math is sacred kind of stuff. But that was, that was pretty good for a sec. The old bits they do in it, we're old enough to remember eighties maybe back during the cold war when they did the Russian guy would be like, yes, oh, uh, Russia is great, but American women. <laughs> it only works if Walter comes back soon. And chastises yes. them for being distracted. Or, or 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 we get Paul Heyman and Walter in Red Heat too. <laughs> Can we do that? Dude, the scene in Red right am I right? There's a scene in Red Heat. No. No. I'm thinking what's what's the Schwarzenegger movie where he puts the stone song on and drives around like a cement mixing factory and just starts kicking ass. Oh, dude. What? Dude. what? <laughs> I don't remember. That is, I, I forget. <laughs> wow, I've seen too many Schwarzenegger action movies. You know what's possible, though? Is Schwarzenegger movies aren't that cool? And I just totally made that up because that sounds really cool. Could be. I don't remember that. <laughs> anyway, Moving right along, we get Carmella Hayes and Trick Williams in the ring. There when Gargano was out there. Not Gargano, uh, Champ was out there. They yeah, yeah, back and forth with each other. Right? Like I said, we're getting that tag team wrestling show on Saturday nights. DIY. And then, yeah, cause you have when Champa walked out, he had Gargano passive and they kinda gave each other the look, you know. What's more likely? Gargano and Champa on the main roster or Champa getting cut after a takeover where he and Gargano headline and then they both get fired the next day. Uh I'm gonna say that is more likely. <laughs> Champa gets cut with the NXT belt. Yes, that is more likely. And they're like, go ahead, just dump it in the trash can at your next yeah. indie show, bro. <laughs> just throw it in the trash can over there. Was that even one of our belts? Did you order that online, sir? <laughs> okay. Now, I skipped ahead. I, I apologize. We did have the the debut of Solo Sequoia, which I thought was good. We had Boa beat Waller with L.A. Knight there. And then backstage, Boa paints his face white with the little... Like, his Sian Shaw gone, too? Did they fire her? She was there. Yeah, but then she disappeared, and when he came back, she was gone, and then his face was painted. Like, is he now her, and she's gone, or what? I didn't see her get fired. Now, it, it is entirely possible I don't know what her real name is. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I, I, di- I didn't see a name that stuck out as different from 
you know what I mean? Like I thought I knew everybody that got canned uh-huh. that wasn't a producer or a backstage presence, you know, or a front office presence. Moving on though, you like uh, Boa needs something for me to care, right? Because mm-hmm. I totally care yeah. about Waller far more than I do Boa, and Waller's been on my screen like four times. Yes. And I'm looking forward for L.A. Knight Waller to wrestle three or four times because I, I oh. like the guy. I think that I think that's a perfect guy to put him with, too. Right. But Waller, you stick him in the backstage segment with Grimes, and it works. You stick him in the backstage segment with Knight, it works. You put him in the ring with somebody, it works. He seems mm-hmm. like he's that he's going to be a good guy to have around. Now let's go on though, because we did get this Champa promo where he talks about stuff, and then Mello and Trick interrupt, which sets up the match. That's where you get the thing where Champa and Gargano lock eyes on the way out. I like the concept of Mello thinking I'm going to just get both these belts. Uh huh. Why not? I'm, I'm cool with that. I like the concept of Champa fighting them off and getting Mello into another high profile match like that. We get Gargano and Lumos versus Trick and Mello. I thought the match was really good for a main event here. I thought that it started out almost like a continuation of the silliness of the Halloween thing. Quickly turns into a Gargano showcase, and then Lumos starts trying to put guys to sleep. Trick, while his offense seemed somewhat limited, he did seem to have the selling part down. Yeah. Uh, which is huge to me, especially in tag team wrestling, because... Mello's going to be the focus anyway. These matches early on, as he's as, as Trick's learning more and more, Hayes winds up being the big deal at the end. As Trick gets thrown from the, they're going. Loomis is going to put him to sleep. Gargs runs across and punches Trick upside the head, knocks him off the apron. As the referee stops worrying about the, the going to sleep portion of it, he tries to get Gargano out of the ring, which so the refs turn the wrong way. Trick's smart enough to grab his shoe. Hit Loomis upside the head with it, and then we get the beautiful guillotine leg drop, right? Mm-hmm. Which I don't get me wrong, I love the fact that anybody I love a guillotine leg drop the way it looks. Woods did something like that last night too, and it was beautiful. Yeah. I hate because I know of what happened with Matt Hardy's hips. And how that's supposedly they had been fusing together and all that, that worries me. Every time I see it, that's what it makes me think about is that is going to destroy your back at some point. That was my thing with, uh, Ember Moon's finisher. Right. The clip. It looks so cool, but every time I see her do it, I'm like, you are cutting time off your career every time you do that, your spine and hips. Yeah. You're just taking your spine, your hips and you're jamming them on the ground. Even even Hulk Hogan, whose leg drop was terrible, still about crippled. Dude, did you ever see? I'm not. Dude, you know I don't like. I don't like what I what I know of Hulk Hogan. And, no, you know, I read his don't. book. Uh, I felt like it was um, self serving bladder. That's a good way to term it. There were interesting parts, though. Uh, you know, he's 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 been there and been a huge part of everything pro wrestling that mattered up until the end of WCW. And even if you want to say the, the the rock moments and all that in Toronto and all that, the second run, the footage on the TV show, when they went in and basically lasered all the bone fragments in his back and he had to just lay around. Yeah. I cannot, I've had neck surgery. I've had my neck fused. 
What you're talking about with him, though, that was his whole spinal column. Yeah. I mean, when <laughs> when you talk about, I don't understand how people get hooked on pills. Show them that that seven minutes of that show. You know, I mean, you, you, I have back problems. I mean, we, as you get older, your back naturally degenerates, right? I mean, that's just the process of, of being older. Yeah. Everybody wakes up sore in the mornings. Pro wrestlers, that's a whole nother level of pain. Oh, before I forget it, we have got to do a callback. We did not talk about it on the show. It happened on SmackDown, but you just made me think about it. That Tell me. move Omi hit on Shayna Baszler. Yeah. Did you see that? The double knee, I have no idea. Oh, through the ropes, almost a tombstone pile driver thing she did. Have you ever seen that before? I haven't, and we neglected to mention that. I don't know how in that other podcast we did on, on WWE. So uh, I guess it's not and a good app What the problem I. Because I've had a problem with it immediately. I can tell you what Jim Cornette's going to say about it. She hits this spectacular move, and then five seconds later, Shayna Baszler is about to put her in the Kirafuna clutch. It's like, you didn't sell that at all. You right. just hit one of the amazing moves I've seen. That should be a finisher of some sort. You should, you know, and you know sell that? Right. You didn't give any chance to breathe, anybody a chance to appreciate that? It was a great move, though. It was. was. Naomi's a fantastic performer, and and she she really is. And I hope that we get a run of her somehow when she gets through this thing with Sonya Deville. Um, But going back to this show, what did you think about now? Now we're four episodes in or five episodes into the reboot here. I feel like you enjoyed this episode. I had some fun here. It, it seems like they're just changing the guys they're doing stuff with a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. They're still doing a lot of the same stuff. Lots of times they're not going to have that choice. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're coaching in the minor leagues, you don't get to pick your players. Right. The guy above you picks your players. Right. And, and, and two, the, the guy do the best you can with what you got. One thing people don't realize too is like a minor league coach is dealing with pitch counts and things like that. You know, so if he's got a guy that's looking really good, through four innings and he pulls him because he's on pitch 80 it's because he's been told hey this kid doesn't throw 85 pitches in a game nope because we've got you know we're hoping to pay this guy 100 million dollars someday and right now we've already given him 10 and he hasn't done anything for us yet and he won't do anything for us in the minors similar situation where you go hey this guy right here i know that you think on nxt he can be this but what we need him to do on SmackDown is this. So mm-hmm. don't worry about what you know what I mean. And that's yeah, that's got to be hard to hand a guy, you know, especially a guy like Sean who well and probably hates being told by people like Kevin Dunn. Yeah, I don't see what this guy's got, and I don't see what this guy's got. This is the guy you need to have, and you know, right? I, so I'm like, I've got more about wrestling than your buck tooth self has ever even heard of. Well, the reason you've got a job is because your dad saved Vince. Well, and not only that. Go ahead. Well, you know that's the, the Kevin Dunn story, right? No, go ahead. Tell it. About his dad. Uh, one of the, the – I, I can't remember if it was a production truck or a building was burning. And he kept he ran in and saved a bunch of the, the WWE library, the tapes and stuff. 
And Vince McMahon guaranteed him and his son a job ever since then. Yeah, but that's not why Kevin Dunn gets to be in charge of things. He gets to be in charge of everything because he's gotten to become the master of telling Vince McMahon exactly what he wants to hear. <laughs> he is the yes man supreme. Speaking of which, don't you think that Sean sometimes in these conversations with higher-ups, including Vince, thinks, if it wasn't for guys like me, Stone Cold, would you have a company right now? And it, if it wasn't for me, Stone Cold, and The Rock, ignoring what y'all wanted us to do and going into business for ourselves, would you have a company right now? Right. The Attitude Era was literally guys going into business for themselves and then Vince being Vince having to be dragged along. Right, I mean, that's what we that's what we exactly. get out of the shows that WWE produces. You know, they don't say it exactly like that, but when you watch it, that's kind of what the, the opinion you get off of it, or when you hear him talking about it, you know, and you hear Kevin Nash say things like, "You know, we were telling Vince in in these click meetings, we were telling Vince, hey, you know, we don't need firemen anymore. You don't need to have a repo man. You don't need to have just you know." Let him be Stone Cold Steve. Let him be Steve Austin. Let him be Dwayne. You know, let them be who they are. They, they don't have to be in teal. He doesn't need to be a circus ringmaster or, you know. <laughs> dentist. Unless you really yeah. are a dentist. DMD. <laughs> a real dentist. Yeah, that counts. Yeah, yeah. So you had a good – you enjoyed the show, though. I did. Yeah, me too, man. I had a good time watching it. It's, it's fun right now. It is fun and it does have that. I'm glad you brought up the minor leagues thing because it very much has that you're in on it before it becomes a big thing feel again. You know, and I get, I enjoyed the Undisputed Era and I enjoyed that version of NXT. But I do get that wasn't the original purpose of it. And I feel like, I feel like we're where we are for all the wrong reasons, but I don't necessarily feel like that has to mean this can't be an enjoyable show, if that makes sense. Well, Shawn Michaels is still getting to do things, and Triple H is still getting to do things, and Road Dog is still getting to do things, and these guys are good. And yeah. the fact I'm having to listen to it, you know, the fact that I'm, it's like having to listen to music through record producers. Yeah. I have to listen to something some producers listen to and some editors listen to and screwed up, but it's still, still Prince, man. <laughs> still, man. <laughs> yeah. Right. 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 Exactly. Exactly. All right. For my man, Justin, for me, KP, this has been the Go Home Heat production, copyright 2021. Check out our friends at the game project, the GINN project.com. Check out our friends at the daily smart one stop shop and Justin. And to quote John Laronitis to all the talent, go home! Ouch.